0: Hey everybody, what's up, Sagi here. And before you listen to this episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Hacking UI podcast, while we still have a lot of downloads for our podcast, is a legacy podcast, meaning David and I are not recording any more sessions for the specific podcast. So what you can do right now is, first of all, listen to this episode. And second, know that you can find David on thoughtleaders.io. That's his new business. Or you can check out my new podcast, which is called The Creativepreneur Show. And you can just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or creativepreneur.show. So those are the two domains that you would be able to find. My show, my new blog, my new community and I hope uh, to see you there. Also, be sure to follow David Tintner and Sagi Schreiber on Instagram. We're both on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube, so you can check out the YouTube channel if you want to check out YouTube. Enough with my talking, oh my God. So anyways, I hope you guys, though, connect with me and David on the different platforms after this episode, all right? Make sure to do so because we have so much new content for you. And enjoy, guys, enjoy this episode.
1: The year was 2003. A 19-year-old freshman was sitting in his dorm at the University of Houston, bored with his classes. Political science just isn't for me, he thought. His passion for code and writing was the real thing fueling his mind. His personal blog was reaching more than 20,000 people at the time, but the software it was built on hadn't been updated for months, and the developer responsible for it had disappeared off the face of the earth. He started searching for alternatives and then he noticed that the platform he was using was open source. He forked the project and created a new platform out of it, not knowing at the time that this platform would go on to be one of the most influential pieces of software ever written.
0: That platform was WordPress, and today WordPress powers more than a quarter of the entire internet. That 19-year-old college dropout is now the 32-year-old CEO of a multi-billion dollar company with a few hundred employees working all over the world. The company. Is called Automatic, and you're almost definitely familiar with and are probably using their products such as WordPress.com, Gravatar, Akismet, and WooCommerce.
1: Hello, hackers, and thanks a lot for joining us for another episode of the Hacking UI podcast, where we hack our way through design, development, and entrepreneurship. I'm David Tintner.
0: And I'm Sagi Schreiber. Our guest today is driven by the mission to allow anyone in the world to have a home on the internet where they can express their thoughts and base their business.
1: Ladies and gents, it's our pleasure to present to you Matt Mullenweg, CEO of Automatic and the founder of WordPress.
0: We had the pleasure of talking to Matt not only about his amazing life's work and mission, but also got into meditation and the things we all need to practice on a daily basis to stay sane in our stressful, success-driven lives. So, D, are you ready?
1: Let's get hacking. Hey, everyone. We are here for another episode of the Hacking UI podcast with Matt Mullenweg. How's it going then, Matt? It's going great. How are you? Awesome, and thanks a lot for joining us. We're really excited to talk to you today. Uh, So just before we begin, you think you can give everyone kind of just a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, Sure.
2: Like I said, my name is Matt. I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. And while I was there, I co-founded a project called WordPress, which is open source blogging software. A few years later, I moved to San Francisco and started a company called Automattic which basically does commercial services around WordPress. So we make wordpress.com, which is a place to host WordPress, Jetpack, which is an add-on for WordPress, and then uh, WooCommerce, which is a e-commerce solution for WordPress. So it's, all, it's WordPress all the way down.
1: Awesome, awesome. And I think uh, just about every single one of our listeners has used WordPress before, <laughs> and actually Hacking UI is built on WordPress. And I mean, your your reach has just become incredible as a company. But I want to ask you about the beginnings and how you got started with WordPress. Can you take us through that a little bit? Sure. In the beginning,
2: it was really just around blogging. You know, mm-hmm. I was um, had a blog myself. I still blog to this day, so I've been doing it for a long time. But it, um, the software was a little hard to use, and I thought it was um, just challenging. And I had some friends in high school that I also wanted to blog, but they were artists and musicians and weren't really interested about learning all the tech stuff. So I just began working on you know, what could be easier ways to get everything going.
1: Okay. Cool. And um, you started, this was when you were still in college, right?
2: I was. I was attending the University of Houston and focusing mostly on uh, political science.
1: Okay. So while you're in college, can you walk us through that? How much time were you spending on WordPress? I mean, this was, I guess, basically a side project at the time.
2: Well, if you were to look at my grades, you'd probably say I was spending a little too much time on WordPress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were you, like, uh,
0: interested in, like, were you getting into computer uh, like, before that? Because, like, political science has nothing to do with what you're doing right now, right? I mean, when did you start doing code? I was into computers from a
2: very young age because my father was a uh, computer programmer guy. And so just, you know, you, you want to be like your dad. So, yeah, I started working on it, learning it. and um, But mostly making things like basic websites and HTML. Wasn't until much later that I began to really learn the craft of code.
0: Nice.
1: I, I can totally relate. I actually studied journalism in college, and uh, was just the same. I wanted to pick up HTML and a little bit of CSS just because I wanted to start creating something. I didn't at the beginning care so much about coding or, or you know, the architecture of what I was, uh, what I was making. Just wanted to actually create something and put something out there. So I can totally kind of relate to that. Okay, so. So as uh, you're in college and you start making WordPress and things start picking up, I guess pretty quickly, it started to catch steam?
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, not that quickly. (laughs) I would say that we uh, worked on WordPress for many years before it had its sort of breaking point, which was other software in the space started to not work as well. And so, yeah, people just started to use it more and more.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So...
2: I know that sounds kind of basic, but it was a, it was very much just you know we kept working on releases, doing new things, and it was very organic adoption. So there wasn't like a, you know, one moment when everyone is already suddenly on it.
0: Yeah, and and when you did WordPress, I mean, how did you, what did you do to get more people on it in an organic way? I mean, did you blog about WordPress uh, like kind on of a WordPress uh, blog, or, I mean, how did you get the reach of the people and create basically the whole community that was created around WordPress? You
2: know, in the early days, it was very much just me telling everyone I knew. <laughs> so
0: I would comment on
2: blogs. I would blog about it myself. I would be in forums, you know, just, um, mm-hmm. you know, just promoting it every place and where I could.
1: Nice. Cool. Just reaching out to everyone that was in your network, basically. And I guess building your network as well.
2: Yeah, that's the idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they say it's like um, when you have some kind of like whatever side project it is, you have to really market it hard and. Not market it, but like tell everyone about it. But they also say you need some sort of kind of like massive action for something to succeed. I mean, you don't seem to tell us about something which is like out of the ordinary, which is basically all of the people we talked to by far up to now did talk about some kind of like massive effort on their side. But it, was it truly that organic? I mean, there was no something specific, like really, in terms of like action that you took to promote WordPress to get it to the breakthrough point that, that it got to, very much word of mouth. Really, yeah. that, that's amazing. That's that's crazy, word of mouth like over years. You say, yeah, okay. Nice, nice. So then WordPress, I mean, WordPress grew and you acquired. I mean, can you tell us a bit about the story about, like, you know, how did WordPress start, I don't know, making money because it was also open source? so yeah.
1: When exactly did it go from being like your side project to being like a real company, something that you knew was going to not be just a side project anymore?
2: Sure. That was probably around when Automatic started. So I'd had a job at CNET. And um, just as WordPress adoption began to pick up, I had pitched actually the idea of what became WordPress.com to CNET because I thought, well, I work at the company, like I might as well do this at the company. Um, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> but they weren't as interested in the idea, but I felt like I had to do it. Like I just, I couldn't not work on uh, this thing that became WordPress.com. So mm-hmm. I ended up resigning. I stayed for a few extra months to help them finish up some projects and then struck out on my own. In that time, I was also able to hire some of the first few employees of Automatic which were people I was already working with around the world on building WordPress. So there was a fellow in Ireland, a guy in Texas, a guy in Vermont. And we just all began, uh, we were already working together. We just started to leave our day jobs and work on it full time.
1: That's amazing. So how much time were you actually like working at the company while still working on WordPress? Was it the entire time you were there that you were managing your time like that or just at the end when you knew you were going to leave?
2: Oh, I was always working on WordPress. That's part of why they hired me. And part of why I went to CNET was that they
1: allowed, you know,
2: they were supportive of me working on WordPress and open source outside of my normal job.
1: So how were you managing your time to do this? I mean, this must have been a massive project in addition to a full-time job. You keep
2: asking about managing time. I don't, I don't know if I ever really think about it that way. Certainly not then. And probably not now. Yeah. Time is just, it's there. (laughs) And there are (laughs) things you want to do and you prioritize. And generally not having time for something just means it's not a high priority. So WordPress was a top priority for me then and still is now. So the time kind of finds itself.
1: Do you think that there's some major sacrifices or something that you're making in order to give it that much time though?
2: Well, certainly you could argue that I wasn't, you know, I didn't finish school for one thing. Mm -hmm. There are, maybe I sacrificed like some social life or some things that other people might do there. I'm definitely not as up to date on like TV shows and things that people talk
0: about, but it's okay.
2: I still have a really great time when I can. And then, you know, I'm able to work on something that's very fulfilling and rewarding for me.
0: Definitely. And can I ask just like for also all the people that are listening that don't know, what did WordPress start making money out of? And I mean, it was it like those WordPress.com and you like, you know, sold different packages of like, you know, have your own domain for, I don't know, like it was $5 back in the day. I don't remember what it is now, but can you tell us a bit about how you monetized at the beginning? Sure. So really the first product that we sold was called Akismet. And Akismet is
2: an anti-spam service, so you drop it in your blog, and it would help protect you from common spam. And we made it free for personal use, and then I think 5 bucks a month for professional use if you're a business. So that was, that was the idea. That was kind of the big thing. And um, it went well, so no complaints there.
0: So Akismet was the main source of income back when you left your day job? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, okay. And, and then you had like plans for how you can monetize in more ways? Well, we wanted to create
2: WordPress.com, which was the idea that, you know, we could take this thing WordPress that you needed a web host and to know databases and everything like that to get set up and make it just as easy as clicking a few
0: buttons. So, and then you just worked on that when you left your day job in order to develop that and turn it into the business that it is today? Yeah, that was the
2: idea. So we began working on WordPress.com pretty much right away, but Akismet was the first product to launch.
0: Okay, and now can you tell us a bit about the evolution that it went from then to now? Like, I know it's kind of long, it probably can take an hour to just tell the story, but just like really short. You had a couple of acquisitions. I know you raised some capital, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, just can you walk us through since then up to now, like really quickly?
2: Sure, well, in 2006, a bit after the company started, two big things happened. One was we raised about a million dollars and I hired a CEO a fantastic guy I still work with today named Tony Schneider. 2008, we raised the second round, which was about $12 million of capital into the company. And then that was it until 2014, which was when we raised about 160 So a big round to allow us to really invest and expand into new areas that we were curious about. Like For example, we became actually something that's just about to launch, which is we are the registrar for the .blog TLD, So we're introducing .blog to the world, so everyone can get a .blog domain,
0: and we expanded into e-commerce
2: through the acquisition of WooCommerce, which is you know a way to transform your WordPress into an online store.
0: Cool. So it seems like you're going in a direction of one, developing the blogging atmosphere that I guess like WordPress came from and still is, with the .blog domain and, and and stuff like that. And on the other hand, going for the commerce side. Is that correct or? Yeah, that's basically
2: everything we've done over the years has been led by our users. So we heard the people wanting to, you know, they were like, I have a great site. I love it. I love the way it looks, but I want to sell things. So that's why we moved into that area.
1: So I definitely feel that the users and the community with WordPress is one of the biggest assets that it has. Do you have any ideas of how it grew or anything that you did specifically to make it such a strong community with such active users pushing it forward? Yeah,
2: the key to community is really just treating people well. I know that sounds really simple, but it's like, if you had a party and you didn't kick out people who were causing a ruckus and you didn't feed people or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, they would leave. And so I think online communities are much the same way. Like you have to treat folks well and make sure there's a good environment for them to participate in. So they'll want to do it because especially for open source, people are there because they want to be there, not because they have to be there. So,
1: mhm. Well, I think one of the things that a lot of companies or, or people who are building products that want to make money off of struggle with when they're talking about like treating their users well is that they also want to get something from them. They also want to get, you know, whether it's they want them to pay for a service or they maybe they don't have the ability to provide a free service or they don't have the time. But I mean, you really invested in that and I guess believed in like, like you said, treating people well and giving lots of free services and free tools and real value to users any tips for someone who is you know, starting a business today and kind of on the fence of how much to give to users when they're struggling with what they should be you know, charging money for?
2: I'd say you always want to create more value than you capture. So as long as you feel like you're doing that well,
0: it's all good. Okay. So Matt, can I ask you, what is the thing that you're most passionate about right now in what you do? Ooh,
2: right now an area I'm thinking a lot about is design and how design also interacts with diversity and
0: inclusion. Okay, diversity and inclusion. Okay, can you, can you expand on that? Well, this is partly
2: you know driven by a new hire we just made at Automatic, which is John Maida, who sort of has a long history in design and computational design going back to the MIT Media Lab. He was the mm-hmm. president of RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design, mm-hmm. and uh, was recently the first design partner at Kleiner Perkins Investment. Now he's the nice. head of design at Automatic. His full title is Global Head, Computational Design, and Inclusion. So the part of his influence is that, you know, you all are the hacking UI protests. Like part of what design is how it works, not how it looks. But companies can also be designed and services can be designed. And as you think about a really successful design, people being able to use it is key to it. So that includes social issues. It includes, you know, accessibility. It includes... Is it working on different devices? Like all of these different things are different elements to lenses to which you can view this on. And I think all of those lenses are worth investing quite a bit of time and thought into.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, especially these days where um, you also probably know of all those AI, like, you know, the companies that are working on uh, on artificial intelligence to create websites, that will be, I mean, cross-platform and everything and, you know, very tailored to the needs of the people that create them. So do you have anything in mind regarding that as well? Most of the AI stuff I've seen has been just marketing. It's not actually like
1: making anything better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the first things that you're going to invest in with this new, like this design thinking, this new passion?
2: Well, we're really looking at every single one of our products and the flows. I like the word flow a lot in terms of how do you go from one part to the next? How do you get from one step to the next? What is the most intuitive way for you to, you know, connect your imagination or what you want to happen with what actually happens? And um, yeah, I think there are, you know, WordPress has been successful thus far by many external regards, but I believe we are in the very early days of bringing people online and giving them their home on the web—a place they truly own, which is their own domain, their own website. There's several billion people to go there, and if we're going to make it to those several billion people, we need to really improve the usability, and the experience of
1: WordPress. That's awesome. And I want to follow up on that. But just before I do that, I want us to take a quick break and give a shout out to our sponsors for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Rindle, a new app that lets you improve your workflow on a very personal level. Look, there's a million to-do list apps and project management apps out there, and we've actually tried almost every single one of them for Hacking UI, but Rindle gets that and it's not trying to replace Trello or Asana. It acts as the perfect bridge between them. Rindle allows you to work the way that you'd like, regardless of what the rest of your team is using or how frequently they update their status It syncs automatically with Jira, Trello, Basecamp, GitHub, Asana, and a bunch of other apps so you can collect all of your tasks in one place and see what the hell you actually need to do today. This is perfect for me because with Hacking UI, we're now using a few different apps to manage our work. We're adding our tasks to a few Trello boards, we're discussing stuff in Slack or over email, and we're scheduling our content tasks in Asana. We need that separation on a team level, but on a personal level, this just makes my head spin. I can do my own task list in Rindle and have a sort of mission control center for me to get a high-level overview of what I need to focus on. Rindle's is still in private beta, but the UI looks amazing. It's simple and has just what you need. Nothing more. You can join the beta for free, no credit card required, and they're doing something really nice now for early adopters. All premium plans are 25% off. Just go to HackingUI.com slash Rindle to sign up. That's R-I-N-D-L-E. Again, HackingUI.com slash Rindle to join the beta for free. So one of the things you said was um, giving people their home on the internet. And one thing that I find really interesting is that when you're creating kind of your home on the internet with WordPress and you're having your own domain, it's a little bit against some of the trend that it appears other companies are doing, trying to bring you into their own network, trying to give you like a sort of home in a different way, you know, be it your Facebook profile or every other, you know, social media profile. It feels like you guys are pulling the other way. Is this a kind of tension that you feel as well?
2: No, I think these are highly complementary. So, you know, how having your own home on the web gives you a place to point to from all of the social networks that you participate in. Mm -hmm. So that's a better way to think of it rather than being mutually exclusive with anything.
1: So WordPress will be the center point for everything else to lead into. Is that kind of the vision, if we could sum it up?
2: Yeah, maybe a way to think about it is that the social networks are like, Great parties to go to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
2: There's a lot, and everyone's there, but it doesn't belong to you. You wouldn't live there. Yeah. You shouldn't live there. <laughs> it's like a mm-hmm. club, but you know you have your home that you return to, and it's where you actually have the ability to influence things and control things and change things. That's something that is more permanent.
1: I definitely agree, and I definitely feel this. So again, I in our program, the Side Project Accelerator, the very first thing that we actually make all of the students do is open up their own WordPress blog and and create their own, as as you would call it, like their own home on the internet. For exactly this reason, I totally agree with what you're saying, and start creating content of their own. Okay. Now, do you have any? I mean, I guess you've been creating content forever, and you have lots of different uh, websites in your name, and you've said you've been blogging forever as well. Any tips on starting to build this home? You know, you have the tools with WordPress, but okay, now now how do I begin? How do I start building this home on the internet and set up my own place?
2: Go start a WordPress. (laughs) You know, that is the number one way to do it. You can go to WordPress.com, which is easy to get started, or use a web host like Pressable to, you know, just start creating it, hacking it, playing with it. There's really nothing you can break that you can't fix. And so have some fun with it. Make it a playground or a sandbox.
1: But this is this is like the technical side of it. And But what are you putting on WordPress? What are you suggesting people to, to write about and or to share or to start getting out, out there?
2: You know, a good start is look at the things you're already posting other places. Now, maybe you're sharing links with your friends. Maybe you're just emailing things to people. Maybe you're the person that finds cool stuff in the news and then sends it to people. You know, whatever it is that you're already doing. I'm sure you take photos on your phone. Like, You learned something today. You had a podcast. <laughs> Put that on there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's actually it's interesting because before you have original content of your own, you must have content that you go to and, and consume. And by sharing that, other people can enjoy that content as well. So it makes sense. Totally. Curation and filtering things are hugely valuable. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to go back for a second to the, I, I want to just like crack your vision. I, I don't think I got a clear picture of your vision so far. I think I do, like in terms of design thinking, I know you're now that you are very design oriented and I love that as a designer, of course. (laughs) Um, But I wanna understand because I think there's something big that you're thinking that we haven't cracked yet. Maybe like you're saying we want, it's like your mission is to bring people online on the internet and give them a home to create their own home, which is their own website slash blog, right? Mm -hmm. And are you going to challenge this whole technical issue of like buying a domain plus hosting plus like is there going to be like a you're managing kind of like a, a one click kind of like setup of this kind of home? You know, it's not one click, but that's essentially
2: what we do on WordPress.com. That's like my life's work.
0: Yeah. on WordPress.com. Actually, it is. Yeah, right. I mean, WordPress.com is <laughs> I mean... In terms of like setting up, you know, in a manual way, like most of the people do with WordPress.org, do you think of like one day there will be a better solution to to those pains? I mean, for entrepreneurs that launch more websites and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I guess what I guess what he's asking more is like today, I think that we, we use WordPress.org for hacking UI and, I don't, and we don't use WordPress.com because we want, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are in the same boat that they want, you know, their own self-hosted thing and they want something, I don't know, m- more customization, more options, more... More control over everything, but do you think that the is the future vision basically to to not have these two separate worlds to be uh, WordPress.com, that one that that easy setup option to be good enough for everyone
2: well so for millions and millions of people wordpress.com is good enough and you can go there mm-hmm. today pay 36 bucks and get a domain and a beautiful site that you can set up probably in about ten minutes or less now in terms of what you're saying like if you want the control of You know, running any plugin or modifying the code or anything like that. Basically, every web host now offers a one-click install of WordPress. So whether that's Bluehost, GoDaddy, Flywheel, (laughs) Linode, Mm -hmm. you know, Pressable, any of them, WP Engine, you can go to them and they'll set up and manage and keep updated WordPress for you. So they'll do a lot of the WordPress management. Then you can focus on whatever it is that you're interested in modifying
1: awesome all right so Matt let's take this a little bit forward and ask you I want to kind of understand the culture today at automatic and the culture of behind everything that you're doing to run this giant operation that you guys have sure okay so can you kind of explain the the setup of things there I mean you have you mentioned before you have like lots of different products with lots of different things that you're running how is it kind of structured and who's working on what
2: oh wow so automatic now is 500 people they live and work in 52 different countries so I'll you know, kind of implicit there is that basically everyone works from home at Automatic. So we hire, we try to find the best people from all over the world, and we hire them regardless of where they are. So if, you know, we get a great application from whatever country, and they make it through our interview process, that's where we hire them. The company's divided kind of around some of the areas you mentioned. So the biggest focus is definitely WordPress.com. After that, WooCommerce. And then Jetpack being kind of the third largest area. But we do have lots of stuff we do, including like side projects. So for example, we have a product called SimpleNote, which is a Simple Notes app. It runs on Android, iOS, desktop, the web, everything. I personally live in it every single day and organize <laughs> a bunch of my life through it. But yeah, that's just kind of something we do on the side. So it doesn't even have a dedicated team per se. But lots of people who are passionate about it work on it in their spare time. Throughout the company.
0: Very nice. It sounds awesome. And it sounds like, so you say besides that whole huge operation, you still have like side projects of the company in a way.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the company is designed so that people can do all those side projects like under the automatic banner because automatic is the company is called automatic and not WordPress for a reason because we expect to do many things other than WordPress.
0: And in addition to WordPress in the future. And how do you support all those like side projects? Let's say uh, someone in Automatic has a side project. Is there a culture of like, yeah, make your own side project, have it be whatever you want to be. If you want it to be under the umbrella of Automatic, then you can, you know, maybe do that. But do you support side projects in general, even if they're not under the Automatic umbrella? Yeah, so what we support for people is doing
2: anything that is not what they might do in their job. They can do on their side and do completely on their own. Anything that might be part of their job, we ask it to be kind of an automatic production. It doesn't mean they need to get approval or anything, but just that it's kind of under the automatic umbrella. So if you want to sell like t-shirts or something like that, sure. I mean, that's not our business. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to like sell a WordPress plugin, hmm, that gets a little bit closer.
1: I see. Yeah. Do you see, you know, a lot of companies are against supporting side projects with their employees at all, but do you see a benefit of employees working on side projects?
2: So to me, the key is that there's no conflict of interest. So Mm -hmm. it's not about whether something's on the side or not. It's whether it's creating a conflict, real or perceived, between you and your colleagues.
1: Okay. And what about as far as uh, personal growth and growth in the career? Do you think it's something that... Have you had any, aside from the projects we've already talked about, have you had any other side projects of your own?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff inside of automatic, like uh, we're thinking about relaunching. We have sort of a combination blog and wiki service that we're thinking about putting out there because it's kind of fun. Lots of themes. <laughs> I work on the default theme for WordPress every year, which really? is usually you get named to work. For the on? Year. Yeah, I work on lots of stuff.
0: <laughs> um, I guess, <laughs> That's amazing. I still do, do you get it. the right code.
2: Uh, Well, I didn't write any code for the past few years, but there's a lot more in code to making a successful default theme and Mm -hmm. making it successful within WordPress as well. So like these sorts of things on the open source side, many, many folks in Automatic contribute to open source, WordPress and otherwise. You know, it's one of these, I think where it gets tough is that when your normal work and day job can be so busy that you feel like you don't have any gas left in the tank to do other things. And that I would say is a real problem especially at Automattic, because we are moving so quickly and working so hard towards our goals. But when you can carve out the time,
1: it can be very satisfying. Mm -hmm. But I read that actually you guys have one of the lowest employee attrition rates out there. Is that still true? I mean, employees must really like this move fast. And even if they're working really hard, they must really like it.
2: Yeah, I, I think we try to create an environment that, you know, similar to what you said earlier about what makes a good community, it's respecting people. I think companies mm-hmm. should respect people and treat them well, and when they do, they reward that with loyalty. I wouldn't expect anyone to be loyal to, if
0: automatic was treating them badly or is a bad place to work. Yeah, and also by the way, I gotta say, you being you know one of the founders and you know a, a level of this company, you're very calm. You sound so calm, oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's very nice to, I'm almost getting more calm than (laughs) just talking to you. Um, It's very nice. All right, Matt, so you are one of the founders of WordPress, the world's largest blogging platform, and maybe we can pick your brain about some tips for blogging. Sure. I mean, you blog all the time. So, I mean, do you have any tips for people writing articles and how to write the articles? Like, do you have a specific pattern that you follow in order to write your stuff?
2: You know, the most important thing is just to write. Just do it. I know
0: that sounds like very Nike,
2: but (laughs) you should really sit down every day and write something, even if you don't publish it. But writing is a muscle. And Mm -hmm. just like if you wanted to exercise every day or meditate every day or whatever it is, the daily practice would make you grow probably more than anything else. So more than anything else I could say, if you write every day, you will become a better writer. And, you know, I believe that inspiration favors the diligence, you know, uh, when you force yourself to write, it will help you think of things to write about because you'll just be training that part of your brain to uh, be fired up and constantly looking.
1: So is that, is that something that you do every day? Are you still writing every day? I do
2: write every day. I don't publish every day. I would like to publish more, but yeah, I absolutely
0: write every day. I have to for work because we're a distributed company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> nice. And when you write, usually when you write your blog post, do you write it in WordPress once a week? I either start in the WordPress, I don't know if you know, but we released a new desktop app, which is
2: pretty cool. So if you mm. go oh, to- Oh, nice. We
1: need to check that out. Okay.
2: Apps.wordpress.com. So apps.wordpress.com. You mm-hmm. can see both our mobile apps and our desktop apps. So I'd say nice. about probably two thirds of the time, I start in one of our apps, whether that's a draft or actually doing the full there, And then about one third of the time, I actually start in Simple Notes. So Especially if I'm on the go and I just want to like dash off some quick thoughts or if I'm already inside of SimpleNote, which I am probably at least an hour a day, <laughs> huh. I'll just start right there. And then later huh. I'll copy and paste it into WordPress. And what kind of stuff are you writing about? You know, A lot of it's product driven. So things related to our, our business, how we work, how a product works, how we're interacting with each other. A lot of it's people driven. So you know, a big part of my role is hiring big part of my role is the organization of Automatic and how the teams are, who the leads are, how they interact with each other, how we're organized, the structure. And um, then some portion is externally facing. where you know I might write, be connecting with investors or writing publicly or talking about an idea or a vision for a future version of either core WordPress or something outside. So those are probably the big buckets.
1: Hmm. And and how are you deciding what should be published and what stuff uh, remains hidden? Is it, I mean, aside from obviously, you know, company secret and like information that you cannot share to the public. When you're writing, you know, your own stuff, and you're not publishing it, what would be the reason behind that?
2: Hmm. Time. It's really the only good reason. It takes time to publish, and so definitely, <laughs> it's sometimes less of a priority than necessarily getting whatever means to an end. The purpose of why I was writing in the first place but I do often think that especially when I do a longer internal post like this would be good for the blog
1: definitely I I think one of the things I want to ask you about is I guess you know now you've obviously made a a huge name for yourself and running like a super successful company but a lot of people when they're starting out to blog one of their biggest fears and one of the biggest challenges that we've had people tell us and I know I've experienced myself too is being afraid that I'm not qualified to publish something or I'm not you know uh let's say like a thought leader on the subject. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously you weren't always a thought leader you weren't always qualified to talk about the subject. Any tips for getting over that fear?
2: Well first what does it even mean to be a thought leader? <laughs> <laughs> you know and if the people you look up to as thought leaders they probably did it by getting out there and embarrassing themselves and you know talking about things that they understood a little bit. But the thing is no, no matter how little you think you know There's probably someone else who knows less, (laughs) and you can help them learn. And the best way to learn is to teach. So don't feel shy about teaching, and just be open-minded and humble. You know, perhaps through publishing, you get a comment that says, hey, this is totally wrong. You know what? Thank that person. (laughs) You know, they could have just ignored you and said, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. I'm just going to leave. But they took the time to, you know help correct you. And now you can update your post with that new information or maybe that leads you down a whole new line of research or googling or something that broadens your knowledge. So there's there's so much to do.
1: Definitely. Like you said, I guess it's just getting over that fear of embarrassment and getting realizing that I guess the worst-case scenario is not so bad, you know? Yeah. Like you said, maybe someone calls you out on something, maybe you got something wrong, but also in in this world of, you know, with blogging now, you can like you said, update a post afterwards. So it's not it's not like publishing a book anymore where once it's out, <laughs> it's done for and, you know, that's that's it. I think that's really a good a, a good tip that you said that, you know, you can update it afterwards.
2: And you know what? I frequently do <laughs> sometimes yeah. I update my posts more after they're published than before they're published.
1: Ah uh-huh, really? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> good to know, definitely. So, what else for? I'm, I want to dig into this and more about people that are starting out because this is something that we get a lot of problems, a lot of people coming to us with their problems today for starting. And you said before, you know, your tip was like just publish, just get started. But what else do you have for getting over that and just getting started?
2: I mean, it's a little tautological, but it's just a decision. You could do it is today it some, mm-hmm. or you can not do it today. So, whatever it is that you're procrastinating or putting off, or, you'll always be able to find things to do instead of it. But just, uh, Sit yourself in front of a blank page, turn off your phone, turn off the Wi-Fi, turn off everything. And if you can sit there for an hour and not produce one single thing, good for you. (laughs) Maybe you
0: needed that meditative time to relax. But the reality is it'll probably start to unblock a bit. And thinking about meditation, I mean, and you sounding so calm now. Do you meditate? I do. I try to every day. In reality, I probably get to it every
2: second or third day, but it's also uh, nice. Yeah, it's I use an app called Calm, C A L M. Oh, And it also app. has um I think they have Calm dot com. So you can do use it on the web in addition to using the apps. And I find it just a nice mix because as I was learning I would do a lot of the guided programs. They have a seven day and a twenty one day program that are both really, really, really good. If you can get through the twenty one day program, you will be just a better person. You know, mm. full stop. Yeah. And um then they also do little you know, new ones every single day. So every day when I launch, I could either do one of their sort of stock ones, you know, like a body scan meditation or a loving kindness meditation, or I can check out what's new that day.
0: Cool. So it sounds like with your busy schedule, you still find time for, you know, sitting quiet and meditating, which is pretty inspiring, I want to say. Yeah. Well, it only takes a few minutes. So we
2: all have the same number of, you know, seconds in the day.
1: And what are, some of the, what are some of the direct benefits that you feel you got from meditating?
2: I think of it, I actually think it's fun to think about it from an engineering point of view. And, okay. Um, so meditating essentially, you know, something happens and you react to it. And essentially what the practice of meditation does is start to insert a little like interrupt, like a background process in between what happens and your reaction in which that allows you to change that reaction or observe that reaction and try to think about what's behind it. This is incredibly powerful because it essentially moves you from the world determining what you do and the randomness of the universe to you determining what you do consciously and making choices. So the truth is that, I mean, even the Dalai Lama talks about how he has angry reactions or jealous reactions or, you know, he's a human just like the rest of us. But then he observes that. And then what he actually does is a result of that observation, not sort of the base emotion.
0: That's amazing. I, I actually am really into Buddhism and meditation, so I, I haven't meditated for so long. So <laughs> for me, uh, I really want to get back into it. There's a good book called
2: uh, Search Within Yourself, and it actually it's a fellow at Google who created a mindfulness program at Google, and he makes a really oh, nice. good, a lot of the business case for why meditation both for yourself as a leader or an entrepreneur and for your company as a whole can be a really valuable practice
1: nice and i could definitely see that and i think you touched on something that we haven't actually talked about on this podcast so much you know we focus a lot on entrepreneurship and tips from you know how to make your business better your side project better but we don't touch on a lot which is still really important is you know the person behind it all and treating yourself well and you know managing the stress and kind of looking managing your life in a better way. And I, I think that what you're talking about with meditation is one of a really excellent technique to do that and something that is probably useful for a lot of people, you, especially in these type of stressful lives.
2: Yeah, you can't separate it. There's no way to separate it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And this and also I think that it's something that happens with entrepreneurship too, is that this kind of people talk about like a work life balance and they don't find that a lot. You know, your work becomes your life. So if there's not that work life balance or and And if you don't have that separation already with work, then also why separate it with your, I I guess like your own personal advancement. Definitely. I think it's something that's completely intertwined.
2: The truth is you can take probably a lot of the advice y'all have given on entrepreneurship or businesses and just turn it around. Meaning that like if you do a performance review for your business or you track metrics, do that for your life as well. Look at the prioritization. Mm -hmm. You know, if you sat down and said, okay, outside of my business, uh, my relationship with my parents, my sister, and my significant other are very important to me. How would you rate yourself on those? <laughs> when was the last time you talked to them? You know, do they know that you love them? I mean, they know, but have they heard it today? You know, What are the things you can do there? And you know, in your personal life, sometimes even small investments of time, 10 minutes here, five minutes there, can have a really big impact.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know for myself and for my wife that we had this, uh, I was very kind of into looking into my life and my career, but one time she will kill me for sharing it. Um, but (laughs) one time I just saw like, (laughs) (laughs) so she, she, I saw she was like not in a very happy mood and I just told her, okay, let's go for, for coffee for like dinner and coffee. And we just went for dinner and coffee one night. We got our princess babysitter and, and then, we just sat down and opened a notebook and said, okay, let's uh, let's put down some stuff that make us happy in life. And not only mine, because I have a good career going on, but let's talk about you. And let's talk not about only career and everything else. And just like, you know, in, in half an hour, we managed to make some decisions that completely changed our lives, which was for her leaving her job and going back to finishing her degree, which we stopped, stopped when our uh, older child was born. And for mm-hmm. me, it was like, okay, I got to see how I keep pushing it to leave my day job and work in Hacking UI full-time. It was very life-changing in only half an hour, just like writing in notebooks, like the two people together. So that was like what you said about reflecting and you know, having metrics for your own personal life, like you have not the work mm. is so important, I think. Hey, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, for you opening the subject. It's, I think it's so, such an important subject and we certainly did not expect to get into the subject with you. You know, the founder of WordPress, we were like, okay, let's talk about everything, WordPress and, uh, all your activity. But, um, yeah, I mean, we are seeing this all, um, uh, other side, which is so important and especially in, in your company size and your, your role at the company, which is so, I guess, demanding, if I, if I can say. Right. I mean, it's you can you can be a stressed out person right now <laughs> with that size company and so much responsibilities. But you're taking. I mean, you're looking after yourself. So it's it's very important for people to hearing this podcast to also kind of like take inspiration from that. I think and to check out how they can take care of themselves. We we should all do that. I think.
2: Yeah, I definitely get very stressed out. <laughs> but then you have to come back from it.
0: Yeah, totally. One tip I can share just about like stressing out, one Buddhist teacher that I talked to once, he said, whenever we get stressed out, it's kind of like all of the, a lot of candles are just opening up and creating a, a huge fire. So the stressing out is a fire. But then if we are mindful of what caused the fire, we notice that it's many candles. I and mean, it's also for being angry. It's also for like everything. So it was like, okay, what made me now be so stressful? So, so stressed. So... Okay. It was that email that I got. Okay. And in that email, what was written? Okay. And so it was like, you know, this person said that, and then you find out that the person who said that, you know, you know, really didn't mean that it was so like, I don't know, this thing was so urgent or whatever. And then you find out that you don't have to be so stressed out, but you, just because you were mindful of that moment and tried to see the candles that created the fire. So it's kind of like a, a nice trick to do. It helps me out a lot. I know. Cool. Yeah. Did you have any any questions? Any
1: yeah, questions? Me- yeah. So uh, I'm just curious. I mean, the meditation trick you gave before was uh, not trick. The meditation habit was was excellent. Any other habits that you have that you think are are working well for you, or habits that you're trying to improve? Mm. That's a good question.
2: I'm trying. You know, it's kind of the stuff that everyone already knows. You know, eating well and exercising.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. I would say just
2: like meditation <laughs> helps your mind those things help your body. Those things help your body. And um, I, you know, have lots of room to improve there. And where possible, I try to.
0: Do you have any specific sport that you do?
2: This year, so I try to do just little exercises, pretty much every morning, Mm -hmm.
0: stretches, push-ups, you
2: know, uh, Mm -hmm. things like that. And um, planking. But running is something that I kind of started doing the past few years. I've stopped uh, the past few months, but Prior to that I was running, you know, a couple of half marathons and really enjoying it. Oh, so nice. I need
1: to restart that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, nice. half, half marathons are serious. That's not casual running. That's that's pretty uh that's serious running there. It's a good I
2: it's funny. I don't know if I could ever imagine doing a whole marathon, but half is a good
0: <laughs> length. Mhm. Nice. And in terms of like eating healthy, do you have a like a specific recommendation on how to learn to eat healthy? Like, how, how do you know what to eat or not? We all know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I would say just if you can keep
2: the bad stuff, to we'll all you know, have a cake too. But if you can minimize that and try to maximize the veggies, the eggs,
0: the stuff that you know
2: is
1: good. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, yeah, we've been through habits. We've been through the story of WordPress. Uh, <laughs> we've been through meditation.
1: Yeah. i mean, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. And I mean, before we finish up, anything else that you want to add or anything else that you want to tell our listeners that's coming out soon or that they should look out for?
2: Very soon, dot blog will be launching to the world. So you can go to d blog and reserve your name. That's wide open. So you could have you could even go for like UI.blog if you wanted.
1: I actually already purchased or or tried to reserve David.blog. So <laughs> You might have some competition on that one, but We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I figured maybe I'll get lucky. (laughs) That's why I reached
0: out. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lots
2: of good ones available. And um, Mm -hmm. then of course, you know, I've talked about WordPress.com, Jetpack, and WooCommerce. So if you're not familiar with those yet, go and um, take a look at them and see what's there. And there might be, they might provide a solution for something you want to do online.
0: Cool. Very nice. Matt, thanks so much for your time and for talking to us about all those subjects also regarding your personal life. So thanks so much for being open. Of course. Definitely. Okay, have a
1: great day. <laughs> Definitely you too. Thanks a lot man. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks man. Bye. 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 Alright,
0: so that's a wrap. Thank you, hackers, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find all the links and resources from this conversation on hackingui.com slash podcast. And just before we go, we want to share with you something that you might find useful.
1: As you know, we are voracious readers and consume a ton of articles, books, podcasts, and videos about design, development, and side projects. We curate the hell out of everything, and each week we send a short roundup email of our favorites. If that sounds like an email you'd enjoy getting, then we'd love to have you join our awesome community, which already has more than 20,000 happy members from all over the world. You can sign up on HackingUI.com.
0: By the way, on HackingUI.com, you'll also find some other cool stuff like the Sci-Project Accelerator, our eight-week online program in which we teach everything that we learned in the three years working and scaling Hacking UI as a side project before we quit our day jobs.
1: And you'll also find our resources page, which reached the top of the week on Product Hunt Tech, and our events section, which is filled with conferences and meetups for designers and developers. Hey, D, don't forget the teas, man. We also got some cool t-shirts for designers. Sugi again with the t-shirts? Hey, I designed
0: those. But but really, last thing, if you enjoyed this, we would really love to hear from you, either by tweeting at us at HackingUI or by reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Those reviews really go a long way and help us and even make our day.
1: All right, we'll see you next week, hackers, and remember to keep hacking.
0: Hey, everybody, what's up? So if you enjoyed this episode, I'm very happy and you're welcome to listen to the rest of the episodes of the Hacking UI podcast. I just want to let you know that this is a legacy podcast, meaning David and I are no longer creating new episodes for this specific podcast. David and I are working on different businesses now, so I just wanted to let you know that, first of all, if you want to catch David, you can check out Thought Leaders, and that's what he's working on, thoughtleaders.io. And if you want to check out what I'm working on, I have a new podcast. It's called Creativepreneur, The Creativepreneur Show with Sagi Schreiber. And you would be able to find that on iTunes and any podcast app. And I would invite you to come and listen. And that's where I interview people that have built a lifestyle business out of their skills and passions. It's amazing. I interview so many different people that have amazing stories and will help you with your business, will help you with your skills, taking your skills to the next level and achieving higher goals. So if you're interested in that, I'm there, The Creativepreneur Show, and you can check it out also on YouTube. And you can also just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or creativepreneur.show. I hope to see you around.